And so we give in joy in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Good morning, Lake Church. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Greg is at Church That Matters in Sand Springs this morning, getting to minister to them. And so I'm going to share with you this morning, I have some things in my heart the Lord's been stirring in me here recently. And um, I'm just going to take my time here because I really want to speak some from my heart. And those of you who know me know I can tend to get real excited and just get to you know, preaching real hard, and that may happen eventually today, but I really feel like the Lord wants us to, you know, embrace something this morning. Um, two words have been just kind of stirring in my spirit, and they're found in Acts chapter 4, which is just following Peter's uh, healing of the lame man at the gate beautiful. The Pharisees lay hold of the apostles and they bring them in for questioning. And, uh, you know, they question them, then they send them out. And they're talking amongst themselves and they said this, they said, you know, the fact that a notable miracle has been done by these men uh, we can't deny it. They said, we realize that a notable miracle has taken place because this man who'd been lame from birth was suddenly walking and leaping and praising God. You hear me? And they said, a notable miracle has been done by these men and we can't deny it. Listen, people can argue with you about doctrine. They can argue with you about a message. But when a notable miracle takes place, there's no arguing with that. And I really sense, have sensed the Lord, you know, stirring those two words in my spirit. And I really feel like the Lord is saying, this is the time, this is the season for notable miracles. Let me say this, I don't mean that God's been holding that back because he hasn't. That's what God has desired. In fact, the very birthing of the church was um, expanded because of the doing of notable miracles among the people. And thousands would get saved when they would see, not only hear a message, not only hear the message of the gospel. Now, don't get me wrong. The gospel message is the power of God unto salvation. And a miracle alone can't make someone believe. In fact, the Israelites, they saw God's miracles for 40 years in the wilderness, yet in unbelief they didn't enter into the promise. But when the gospel message is coupled with notable miracles, it sets the atmosphere for a, a kind of reviving and a kind of uh, sweeping people into the kingdom of God that God desires to have in these last days. And listen, I know we've, we have experienced the power of God in our lives. I know we have personally, me and Rhonda, you know, she was healed of three incurable diseases. 
you know, not long after uh, we got, I got saved. And um, so we've experienced things, but I'm talking about notable miracles. And, you know, I, I go back to the Arise Revival. Kevin Powers was ministering, and he was telling about that he was in Tulsa, and, and he said God spoke to him and said, giants used to live here. And he was talking about Kenneth E. Hagan. Uh, he was talking about T.L. Osborne, some of the guys who had manifested and demonstrated the working of notable miracles. And, uh, you know, he kept saying this. He kept saying, who told you you couldn't do that? Because, listen, we believe, most, most Christians, especially if you're here this morning, you know that we believe in the full manifestations of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in miracles. But we just believe that other people can do that stuff, but not us. Who told you you couldn't do? Who told you you couldn't do the same things that men who've tapped into the power of God and demonstrated the manifestation of the kingdom of heaven on earth? Who told you you couldn't? Because listen, it's not that we don't believe it's possible. It's, it has to do with the way that we see ourselves Listen, all down through history, we have seen people who have laid a hold of, you know, I've been, I've been just, uh, I've been just kind of questioning and, and uh, taking in an assessment of my life just humbly and honestly to find out where am I missing it? Where are we missing it in regard to the working of notable miracles because, listen, it's not on God's end. God doesn't need to make any adjustments. The grace of God has appeared to all men, uh, that brings salvation to all men. And salvation means wholeness, healing, deliverance. It means uh, everything brought back into its right and intended order. So we need to find out where we're missing it and make the adjustments so that we can get in the right place uh, in order to manifest notable miracles. Man, I just keep... Listen, I'm not talking about people coming up here and falling, getting up and walking back to their seat the same way that they came up. Oh, man. I can tell some of y'all didn't like that one, but... We've played around with the things of the Spirit. Oh, my. I'm talking about notable miracles. I'm not talking about falling up, down. I'm talking about somebody getting up out of a wheelchair. <laughs> Listen, here's the, you can fall down and get back up the same. I'm talking about I'm tired of that stuff. I want to not only see, I want to operate in notable Miracles. I want to be doing the same things that Jesus did, the same thing that the apostles did. You said, well, that sounds kind of arrogant that you think that you could do it. Who told you you couldn't do it? 
Who told you you couldn't do it? In fact, you were commanded. We were commanded. We were commanded. We were commanded. We were commanded to replicate the ministry of Jesus and demonstrate the reality of the kingdom of heaven on the earth. That's the whole purpose of the church. We are the body of Christ, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We are the only demonstration of the kingdom of heaven on earth. Angels aren't going to come down and do it. Jesus isn't going to come down and do it. When Jesus left, he left his body, Christ, on the earth. And we're supposed to be doing the same ministry that Jesus did. And the fact that we haven't is the reason why the church has been so impotent to produce the results of people being swept into the kingdom of God. So I've been, you know, just examining my own beliefs because the problem is our belief. And I've been thinking about these people who down through history have tapped into something. See, do you think that William Seymour, do you think that Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, Kenneth E. Hagin, do you think that these guys were just people God chose He said, I'm going to choose them and I'm going to sovereignly work through their life to produce uh, these notable miracles in this ministry through them. Or do you think they they embraced something? Or do you think that they, because listen, we need to ask these questions. Or do you think they embraced something that we haven't embraced? Listen, the apostles in the early church in the book of Acts you know, this is what got me really thinking along these lines. I was teaching in Bible school one night. And I said, uh, we have more. The apostles did more with less. And we're doing less with more. Because listen, they didn't even have the New Testament. They had it verbal, but they didn't even have it written. They had the Old Testament. They didn't even have the New Testament. We have the New Testament. We have podcasts, thousands of them at our fingertips. We have books upon books upon books, commentary. That might be the problem. We have a lot of stuff that's been written about the Word of God. We have endless supply of videos. Listen, how many sermons have you sat through? We've gone to years, some of us decades of services and heard sermons of some of the finest preaching and teaching you're ever going to hear anyway. It's not a lack of information. It's a lack of revelation. We have failed to embrace the words that God has given to us as truth. We have failed to embrace them as a reality and a revelation to us in our life. And so I think we have just, in, the modern, in our modern society, everything's about intellectualism. And we believe that if we have it in our head, that, that we have it. And we've gone about Christianity as an accumulation of information. And I'll say that part of that is so that we can get up and we can show people how smart we are. And how much we know. Listen, anything you're not demonstrating, you don't know. Because biblical truth is not intellectual. It's experiential. The word of God is not the end. Is, is not the end. 
It's the means to an end. I'm jumping way ahead of what I had in my notes. But there are, uh, there are theologians who have, who have said that now the gifts of the Spirit and the moving of the Holy Spirit and notable miracles and things are not needed today because we have the Bible. No, seriously, y'all are laughing at that, but that is truly their stance is that because this is that which was, when that which is perfect has come, those things will pass away. And they say, now don't get me wrong, man, I love the Bible. But theologians will tell you because we have the Bible, we don't need the Spirit. Oh, man. But the written word was given to reveal the living word. The Bible is a means to an end. It's not the end in itself. And we have made the Bible the end in itself when the Bible was just supposed to lead us to encounters and experiences and give us the ability to express God in the earth. The Bible is not the end. The Bible is the means to an end. And unless we start seeing a manifestation in our own lives of what this Bible reveals we're supposed to see, we're not there yet. Turn to, turn to the book of John. Man, I feel this. I feel this. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples on the night he was arrested. And he's about to leave and and he knows that they're going to be troubled because he's about to go away. Man, they have left everything to follow him. Been following him for a few years. And he's about to go. He's telling them, I'm about to leave. And he's leaving the ministry in the hands of these guys that he's invested his life in for the last few years. In fact, he's leaving... He's leaving the church in their hands. And he says this to them in verse 12. Most assuredly, in other words, truly, truly, pay attention to what I'm about to say to you. This is important. I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Most assuredly, you say, well, yeah, he's talking to the disciples. He says, he who believes. In the King James, it says, whoever believes. Is anybody a who, whoever, a whosoever in the house? Yeah, I see people are scared to raise their hand. But if I said John 3, 16, whosoever believes on him shall have everlasting. Now who's a whosoever? Man, everybody's going to raise their hand. <laughs> Think about it. Whoever believes in me, the works that I, that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Drop down to verse 16. Because that's, Jesus is telling them, this is what. This is what. This is what your menace, this is what it's going to look like carrying forward. I'm leaving. 
But you guys are going to not have a lesser, but you guys are going to continue what in Acts chapter 1 it says, what he began to do and teach, to do and teach. Verse 16, he's going to tell them this is how. Because listen, when we hear that, the same works that I do, you're going to do also. Second, next uh, question in our minds is how? How am I going to do what Jesus did? Here's how. I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you. And will be in you. Let me go back to that verse before. It says, I'll pray the Father, he'll give you another helper. That word another is the word alos, and it means another of the same kind. There's another uh, Greek word that means another, and it's heteros. It means another of a different kind. It's like you can have an apple and an orange. They're both fruit, but it's an, an apple and an orange are another of a different kind. But Jesus said, he uses Alos. He said, I'm going to send the spirit of truth who is another of the exact same kind. That's how, the, that's how whosoever is going to do the same works that Jesus did because he's going to send someone to be in you who is another of the exact same kind. That means the exact same kind is going to do the exact same works that he did when he was here in his physical body, but he's not going to do them himself. He's going to do them through you. He's going to do them through whoever believes on him will do the same works that he did. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you. And he will be in you. Say he's in me. If you're a born again believer today, that's an absolute reality. If, he, if you're born again today, he's in you. Man, God is not in outer space somewhere. In a galaxy far, far away. Religion, that's what religion teaches that God is far away. But the gospel of Jesus Christ reveals that God's address is right here. That's why when you pray, you look down because you're looking at God. That's a joke. I guess it wasn't a very good one. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. I'll come up with another one here in a minute. <clears throat> He's in you. Look at verse 20. At that day, what day? The day when he goes and the spirit of truth comes? Check this out. You will know that I'm in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Oh, man. Listen, I'm going to say something. Jesus did not come to take you to heaven. Ultimately, Jesus came to bring you into union with the Father, with the Son, and with the Spirit. 
Jesus came to get heaven in you. The spirit of religion has put everything off to the future. When the gospel, Jesus said, when Jesus came on the scene, the very first thing he said was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. At hand means it's within your grasp. Repent means change your thinking. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is now manifested here and it is within your grasp. Not only to experience, but to express in the world. And at that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. God's intent was that we would, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we would be brought into living union with God. Listen, we know that, but I don't know that we've fully embraced that or not. He has brought us into a living union with God. Trevor mentioned it in the, th- in the uh, transition about being one spirit with him. Man, that, that means that when you get born again and you become a new creation, as 2 Corinthians 5, 17, what is that new creation? The new creation is the fusion of your spirit with his to where you have become one with God. You know, we're singing, you're worthy of it all. From you are all things and to you are all things. This God that we sing about, he's not out there somewhere. If you're born again this morning, he is on the inside. He is on the inside. I said he is on the inside of you, every born again believer. And he didn't just come there so he could abide and just dwell within. He came so that you could release him, that you could express him, that you could show your neighbors, that you could show people you come into contact with that he is real, not just declare that he's real, but show them that he's real. It's about time that we awake up, we arise, and we begin to act like who we are, and we quit allowing the lies of the enemy to dictate to us that we're something less than what God made us to be, and call it humility. I'm telling you what, when you start talking like this, It doesn't draw praise, it draws criticism. And that's one of the reasons I think that the church has shied away from a lot of this stuff is because, listen, I remember before I got saved, I'd heard of Oral Roberts, I'd heard of Kenneth E. Hagin, but I'll tell you my perspective, and I didn't know, it was out of ignorance, but they were religious uh, nuts is what I thought. But they weren't wrong. I was. (laughs) I was ignorant. I was in the dark. I didn't understand. But when you start talking like that, it's not going to draw praise. It's going to draw criticism. First Corinthians says that we're foolish to the world. The world's going to go, look at these fools. Talking about they're filled with God. Talking about that they can do notable miracles. They can get people out of wheelchairs and they can cause the blind to see and the deaf to hear. You're going, I tell you what, you're not going to draw, draw praise. You're going to draw criticism. And then it says to the religious, we're offensive. That's really the greatest enemy of the gospel is religious people. 
Religion killed Jesus. The spirit of religion is what stirred the crowds to kill Jesus. Seven days earlier, they were saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But seven days later, they were saying, crucify, crucify, crucify. Why? Because they were stirred by the spirit of religion, which hates it's, it's a product of the enemy, and it hates the demonstration of the image and the likeness of God on earth. It doesn't want the kingdom of heaven manifest on the earth. It's a counterfeit. I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. We're one. Look at John 15 and 5. Jesus gives an analogy that demonstrates that. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. This is Jesus saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches. The same life that is in me is able to be... Is able to flow through you and produce the fruit of my nature, of my character, of my kingdom, of my demonstration, of my reality. I'm the vine, you're the branches. That is one. There is no separation between the vine and the branches. He says to abide in me. That means to abide in the revelation that you're one with him. Abide in the revelation that you're one with him because, listen, everything's telling you you're not. If you go by sense knowledge, if you go by what the world is saying, then you're, if you have this carnal uh, knowledge, it's telling you you're not. It's saying, sit down, be quiet. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You just need to go back to your normal every day, just doing your job, going home, watching the tube, getting up, clocking in, clocking out. You know, just, just sit down, shut up, be quiet. There's nothing special about you. And there's not, other than who's in us. The revelation of who is in us. Look at uh, Romans, I mean, John 16. Jesus says this to him. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. There were things that weren't revealed then that are revealed now. There were things they couldn't understand yet because they hadn't experienced the new birth. They hadn't been born again. They hadn't been filled with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit yet. Let me say this, man. That's just coming to my mind. Do you know that these guys, this 12 and the 70 disciples in Matthew 9 and Matthew 10, Jesus had already sent them out. They'd already cast out devils. They'd already healed the sick. They'd already been doing those things. In fact, when they came back, they said, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us. They were doing that and they weren't even born again yet. Mm. They were doing more with less. Man, I tell you what. They, were doing, they weren't even born again yet. They didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. They were operating off the anointing that Jesus authorized them to go out and use, but they didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. They were simply acting on the Word. 
And we have something greater than that. We actually have God living on the inside of us. Problem is, I believe that we haven't truly embraced that reality. And we haven't learned to, we haven't understood as well that we, that that power, that life is under our authority to release. Man, I got so much going through my mind. God, if it be your will, if you want to do it, let it happen if, it, if you want to. That's a statement of unbelief. When Peter healed the lame man in Acts chapter 3 that I was talking about at the gate, beautiful, you know what he walked up and you know what he said? He said, silver and gold have I nine, but such as I have. Such as I have, I give to you. He knew what he had and he knew he had the authority to release it. It was at his will. It was at his will to release it. Such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. He knew it. And I'm telling you, if we knew it, we would be doing it. But if, see why I say we, I'm talking about myself too. I'm including me in we. However, he said, I have more things I want to say to you, but you can't bear them. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you of things to come. Now, I want to say a few things about the word truth. The word truth in the Greek is the word aletheia, and it is not talking about moral truth. Listen, I believe in absolute truth. I believe that things are either right or wrong. There's no gray area. But this isn't talking about that. This is talking about the word aletheia. It means reality. It means reality. In fact, in ancient Greek, the word aletheia meant reality as opposed to an illusion. And I'm telling you, when we talk about the church being asleep, what it's talking about is that we are living an illusion. We've been lulled to sleep. You know, there was an old Styx album, The Grand Illusion. And it was talking about this world system has presented a false reality, The Grand Illusion. And I'm telling you, the church has so entered into thinking the way that the world thinks that we're living in the illusion that the devil has presented to us and we're not living in the reality I think I'm losing people. We're not living in the reality. Truth is reality. And the Spirit of God came to guide us into the reality of living as men and women indwelt by God and doing the things that men and women indwelt by God would do. Guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he speaks, he will speak, 
or hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Here's the reality of a believer. Because of the new birth, because of the new creation, the fact that we are indwelt by God, now what is truth of him is truth of you. What is truth of him is truth of you. I said, what is truth of him is truth of you. We are the body of Christ and members in particular. He's the head of the body, which is the fullness of him in the earth. You are. I'm trying. Jesus said this this is how the Holy Spirit would glorify him is that he would take what what is true of Jesus and he would reveal that it's true about you. That's how he will glorify. See, listen, the the ministry of the Holy Spirit is primarily to convince you of the truth of the reality of who you are in him as a new born again creation indwelt by God. That's the primary ministry of the Holy Spirit, not to get on your case. (laughs) Most people think the big job of the Holy Spirit is to go around getting on your case all the time and just stopping you from every wrong thing that you're that you're going to do, I'm telling you the Holy Spirit's primary job is to convince you of the reality of who you are in Him and what you can do because you're indwelt by God and you are called by Him to be an expression and be a representation of heaven on earth. And listen, if you would believe in who you are, you'd act right. Jesus didn't just come to make us moral people. He came to make us spiritual people first. And if you're spiritual, you'll be moral. But you can be moral and not be spiritual. Uh, People who aren't born again can be moral. Every religion in the world is a moral system, but it has no power because God is not indwelling people who are operating in the religious systems of this world. God has indwelt those who choose to submit to Jesus, surrender to Jesus, and call on Jesus as Lord, and he indwells us, and then we become one with him, with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. Listen to this as if, you know, as he, I think he thought, well, I, there's no way they're going to believe that, so I'm going to say it again. <laughs> All things that the Father has are mine, Jesus said. We don't have a problem with that. We say, yes, absolutely. Jesus was raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of God, and he's inherited the kingdom, and everything that belongs to the Father belongs to Jesus. But he said, therefore, because that's true, I said to you, he will take what is mine, and he will declare it to you. Not only is what is truth of him, truth of you, what belongs to him, belongs to you. And it's yours to give away. It's ours to give away. If we're going to see notable miracles through us in our generation, if we're going to demonstrate the reality of the kingdom of God in our generation to our generation, it's going to be because we have come to believe the truth of who we are. Now, I've used this illustration before, 
But you know, if somebody died here in this service today, God forbid. But if they did and we brought them up here and we said, we're going to raise this person from the dead. I guarantee you everybody would crowd around up here and go, man, I got to see this. And there's an element of belief in that because you would believe that we could do it. Some of you would doubt, but some of you would believe. But as you got all uh, gathered around up here, if if I said, hey, I want you to come lay hands on them, then all of a sudden your excitement, (laughs) your excitement about it would change. What changed? Because you believe that someone else could do it, but you don't believe you. Who told you you can't do it? Who told you? Who told you? Because listen, it's not you. You know one thing about the apostles? They were uneducated. I think some of us have been educated out of the supernatural. You know, that same... Uh, thing when I was talking about earlier where they said a notable miracle's been done, we can't deny. You know what it says? It said that they recognized that these were uneducated and untrained men. Some of you have disqualified yourself because you don't think you're smart enough. I'm telling you what, some people, there's a lot of people that are too smart. They've educated themselves right out of the supernatural. Don't need more, you need less. Less unbelief, less arguments, less excuses. Oh, man. I said something there. They believed a simple truth. They believed that God indwelt them, and the very power of heaven was invested in them, and they, it was under their authority to release. John 17, 17, Jesus praying to the Father, he said this, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Your word is reality. That's why I said earlier, the Bible's not the end, it's the means to an end. Sanctify does have the meaning of purify, but the real, the real meaning of sanctify is set apart. What's going to set the church apart from the world? The ability to do notable miracles, to demonstrate the reality of another kingdom. Jesus said, if I cast out devils by the finger of God, then the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. What's going to set the church apart from it? Because listen, here's what has happened is the religions of the world have just made Christianity another religion to choose from. And they've made Jesus just another religious figure. I'm telling you what, Jesus is not a religious figure. Jesus is a king who rules and reigns over a kingdom. And he's called us to be a demonstration of the reality of that kingdom on the earth. And when notable miracles are done, what happens is the demonstration of the superiority of the kingdom of God over the kingdom of darkness is made manifest for people to see in real time. They're able to say, that 
notable, a notable miracle is happening. We can't deny it. I may, not expl- I may not understand it. I may not ascribe to it, but I can't deny it. I can't argue with it. Why? I'm seeing it with my own two eyes. Another realm has crashed into this other realm and made itself visible and manifested itself in my sight today. Man. That's what's going to set us apart is the reality Let me just run through a few scriptures with you. You know, we need to be, we need to be convincing ourselves of what's true. You know, Jaden was singing that song earlier in the verse. You know, it was talking about, I can't remember it exactly, but it was talking about getting rid of all the lies. That's what happens is we're embracing lies over truth. And those of us who are believers and we desire to see, you know, God's will done in our life, what's hindering us is lies that we've embraced as truth. Look at John 1 and verse 16. It says, of his fullness we have all received. His fullness. I haven't just received a few of the character traits of Jesus. If you're a born-again believer here today, you didn't just receive a few character traits so you could just kind of be similar to Jesus. You didn't just receive a, you know, a, a helping hand. No, you received a person. In fact, truth is a person. Truth is the reality of a man who is demonstrating the image and likeness of God in human form. That's what Jesus was. He was God manifested in the flesh. He is an example of who God intended us to be originally. We bought a lie of the enemy and it distorted and fragmented our ability to express the image and the likeness of God in the earth. But Jesus redeemed the image and the likeness of God in mankind. And whoever believes, whoever believes has the ability to demonstrate the image and the likeness of God just the way that Jesus did of his fullness. Let those listen. If words mean anything of his fullness, some of us have received of his fullness. We have all received. Some of us may be believing that more than others because you can't grow in truth. You can only grow in your knowledge of the truth. What you believe determines what you're going to see in your life. You know, I read this the other day. It said, gold doesn't become gold when it's discovered, but it sure becomes currency. Whoa, think about that. Gold doesn't become gold when it's discovered, but it becomes currency. Then it becomes usable, valuable. Truth doesn't become truth when you discover it but it sure becomes valuable and useful. Of his fullness we have all received. Look at this one, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. This is the scripture Trevor quoted earlier. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. 
In the unseen part of who you are, when you put your faith in Jesus, the spirit of Christ and your spirit are fused as one eternally. Not as a theological concept, as a reality. You may not even be aware of it, but you can believe things about yourself that aren't even true. So you're going to argue with that? Who's right? You're going to argue with God. Either it is or it isn't. Your belief or disbelief in it doesn't make it true or not. My belief or my unbelief doesn't make truth true. It just makes it effective in my life. One spirit with him. God inside. God inside. Look at this one. This is uh, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. This is the Apostle Paul's perspective on his self. My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah. That means the person that I was in Adam, who was a sinner at heart, who was a sinner by nature, I was co- he was co-crucified with Jesus, put to death, and no longer lives. The old identity, the old man, the old nature, he doesn't even live anymore. He doesn't exist anymore. He was co-crucified with Christ and Jesus went into the heart of the earth. He was co-buried with Christ. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. Christianity is not me living for God. Christianity is God living through me by faith. My new life, let me go on. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. You know what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28? He said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Not learn from me, learn of me. Discover who I am and who I am in you. That's totally different. The yoke of Jesus is to learn the truth of who he makes you to be. Because what's truth of him is truth of you. And what belongs to him belongs to you. Look at this, 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Say this, say, he who is in me is greater. Is greater It's greater. You know where we missed it? E.W. Kenyon said this. He said that we need to become God inside minded. 
we got to become God inside minded. That is the renewing of the mind. It's not learning all the rules and all the religious obligations and then trying to do all of those things. No, the renewing of the mind is where you embrace the reality that you are indwelt by God. He said, we've got to become God inside minded. You know, here's the thing. You are never at a disadvantage. I don't care whatever situation comes up and stands before you. You are never. I'm, listen to me. You are never. You are never. You are never at a disadvantage. Why? Because the greater one lives on the inside of you. And you have already overcome every spirit. That's what he's talking about. He said not to trust the spirits, but to test them. And every spirit that comes against you has no match for the greater one that's on the inside of you. You're never in a deficit. You're never at a disadvantage. You're never a victim. To believe you're a victim is to stand in unbelief against this scripture that says greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. I don't care. I don't care where you come from, what side of the tracks. I don't care what happened, what family you came from, what social or economic class you came from. In fact, probably the lower the better because God takes those who are not and he demonstrates his strength and his glory through them. Your lack of education does not disqualify you. In fact, you may have less junk you got to work through to be able to demonstrate and manifest the reality of the kingdom of God. No, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, you know, Catherine Kuhlman, Amy Simple McPherson, William Seymour, these people were, they were not university educated people. These were common Peter, James, and John, they were not educated in the rabbinical schools of their day. In fact, God kept them out of there. So they wouldn't be hindered by the religious mindsets and the wrong teaching and the wrong thinking that caused them to believe that God was far away from them and that the supernatural and the kingdom of God were distant. No, they were... They were common people. And they weren't trying to be somebody. They weren't trying to be somebody. Man, this world tries to get us to think we need to, we need to promote ourselves. We need to go after the applause and the praise of men, even in the church. Even in the church. You know, God, we are not going to, if we have the wrong heart, we're not going to be able to do notable miracles because our pride is blocking that stuff from being manifested in our life. No, we have to get to the place where we want to just see God glorified. Then if I'm going to do something like that, it's going to be so that God can be glorified, that somebody else can be awakened to the reality of the goodness of God, of the power of God, of the reality of God, of the manifestation of his kingdom, and that they don't have to stay in bonds. They don't have to stay in chains. They don't have to stay in sickness, disease, addiction, disorder, but they can come into order, into the order of the kingdom of God. 
and experience the life of God's design. What's hindering that? It's not on God's side. It's not God up in heaven going, it's not time yet. Get ready. It's coming. God is searching to and fro throughout the earth, looking for someone that he can show himself mighty through. That's scripture, just in case you didn't know. God is looking to and fro throughout all the earth for someone that he can show himself mighty through. God wants to demonstrate through you. Through you. You know, these guys that, that have shown great ability to manifest the power of God, I'll say the one thing that you'll find about them is that they, they had a... Uh, They had a life um, consecrated, consecrated life. It means a life set apart. And let me just say this. <clears throat> I don't mean consecrated as in living to qualify yourself for it. That's not what I'm talking about. consecrated to qualify, consecrated to cultivate the mindset to where you're able to embrace unseen realities over what you see in the natural realm. They were consecrated unto the truth. They believed that the greater one lived on the inside of them. They believed it. And they showed they believed it by what they did. what they did. You know, I remember a story where Smith Wigglesworth, they brought a woman to his meeting who had a tumor so large, it was just this massive tumor in her abdomen. Brought her to his meeting and brought her, two ladies had to bring her to the front. She was so weak, she couldn't stand. Stood before Smith Wigglesworth and he said, let her go. He said, let her go. And they did. And she fell right on her stomach and let out a scream. And people in the crowd gasped. And they said, how dare you do that to that woman? And he said, pick her up. And they picked her up. And he said, let her go. And they said, we, we can't. If we let her go, she's going to fall again. And he said, I said, let her go. And they let her go, and she fell right on her stomach again, let out a scream. He said, pick her up. You know, I'd say, I, I would guess there might be one in here. 99% of the people would be like, uh, you're dismissed in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here 
next week, same time, same channel. Smith said, pick her up. He said, let her go. They said, we're not going to let her go. She'll fall down again. And some man stood up in the crowd and he said, you beast, how dare you do that to that woman? And he said, I know my business. Mind your business. I said, let her go. I think that he scared them so bad they let her go. And she fell. And when she jumped up, that tumor was gone. Listen, listen. What I'm saying is he knew something. Listen to me. He knew something. Most of us, first time, we'd be like, well, that didn't work. We got anybody else that has a need in the house today? No, he knew something. He would not be, he knew greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. That wasn't education, folks. That's revelation. He had consecrated himself to shut out the outside voices that were warring against the reality of who he was in Christ. He consecrated himself to the embracing of the truth of who he was, that he was a man indwelt by the very God who created this realm, everything we see and everything we don't see. And if he created it, he can change anything by his power, by the life of God that's on the inside of him. He is able to demonstrate the reality of the kingdom of God. Where's the next Smith Wigglesworth? Let me say this. Forget Smith Wigglesworth. Where's the next Jesus? Where's the next believer who's going to stand up and say, I don't care what criticism comes. There's nothing in this world that I'm going to allow to cause me to be lie, to receive the lies of the enemy that caused me to believe something about myself that's not true. It's not about me. It's not about my intellect. It's not about my education. It's not about how I look to people. In fact, the more focused we are on the outer man, the less we're focused on the inner man. In this modern world, man, everything's about the outside. We got to look good for people telling you what these guys were just old you know they were just men who were just common people smith wigglesworth was a trade tradesman (laughs) the only disqualification in our life is the disqualification we accept in our own thinking come on let's just stand Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. I pray this morning, Father, that a holy dissatisfaction come into our hearts. I'm talking about for me. Lord, I pray that a holy dissatisfaction with life as usual come into our hearts to where that we will not be satisfied by just normal, religious Christianity, but that we would pursue 
understand and embrace the reality that greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. That we would realize the very power of heaven has been invested in us and that it's under our authority to release it and that we would not quit, that we would not give up, that we would not get distracted, that we would not get deceived into believing some sort of lie of the enemy that would cause us to shrink back from the revelation that God has given us in his word, but that we would press into the revelation of who God has called us to be as the body of Christ called to be conduits, channels of heaven into the earth, Father God, that we would cause the kingdom of God to be made manifest and that we would cause notable miracles to happen that people cannot deny. Father God, that we would see the decorations in this church would no longer be pictures, but they would be walkers, that they would be wheelchairs, that they would be crutches, that they would be glasses, that they would be hearing aids, that they would be all of the things that men have created to to make up for the deficiencies of sickness and disease and disorders that we would decorate this place with that they would be testimonies to the reality of the kingdom of heaven on the earth who told you who told you that you can't do that who told you hallelujah thank you lord Go ahead and just sing. Just begin to worship the Lord. Father God, we just worship you. What notable miracle do you want to do today? What notable miracle do you want to do today? in this realm is just normal life in the kingdom of heaven. We want to let you demonstrate today. Let you demonstrate. Hallelujah. As we worship you, Father. We're trying to hear, waiting to hear what you want to do in this place. Let you demonstrate that your word is true. ascended and all these sounds of people were the churches and when they got in unity with the spirit 
they were able to read the new pages, the new words on the pages. And they had new power and revelation like has never seen before. God's breaking the mold and he's going to unify all the churches. There is not going to be any more disunity in the churches or disunity among the brethren any longer. There will be new songs that will play in the Spirit. There will be new revelations given through the Spirit. Stuff that will be like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how I didn't know this. It's because it's for the times now, the end times that are, it's coming. And you have to stand firm in the spirit. You can't rely on your head knowledge. You have to have the spirit. That's why Satan came in during worship and he tried to hinder us and get us in disunity and confusion to happen. We call confusion to the enemy so that he does not know his left from his right among all the churches. Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for your word. Prophetic word this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Every lie. I come against every lie. We release the truth in the name of Jesus. We release the truth in the name of Jesus. We release the truth that as he is, so are you in this world. As he is, so are you in this world. Glorified, ascended, seated at the right hand of God. So are you. As he is, so are you, brother. Just according to the way that you've believed, let it be unto you. You're a vessel for his glory. A vessel for his glory. In the name of Jesus, just worship right now. Yes, yes, say that. What anybody else says it matters what you say brother it matters what you say it doesn't matter what anybody else sees it matters what you see right here brother it doesn't matter what anybody else sees it doesn't matter what anybody else says what you say what you see hallelujah oh thank you it should be a vessel of glory honor fit for the use of the master hallelujah thank you lord do you want prayer or are you just here to worship he said when you said earlier who would say that they want to stand and do the works of Jesus in their generation he said I just came up and this, that's me I want to do see the gospel is the invitation to live another man's life gospel is an invitation to live out another man's life. That's why we die to self, that we might live unto God. Listen, you're all, if you're in Christ, you are dead to sin. Roman, Romans says you have to reckon yourself dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus. It's dying to self that is the key. The word self is soul. It means you've got to die to every lie that's ever been spoken over your life. And listen, brother, there's been many. Every lie that's ever been spoken over your life, you have to die to that. You can't let it influence your identity any longer. You can't let the devil convince you that you're less than what God has made you to be. you got to die to that old way of thinking.
drain away into obscurity, forgetting those things that are behind. Press on, my brother, for the mark of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus, which is in you. sovereign choice he chose to live on the inside of you, to indwell you, to use you, to glorify himself with your life. Cast down every word that's ever been spoken, every identity with people. You said, well, they were like this, I guess I'm like that. That was all done away with at the cross. That old man was crucified, buried with
continue to worship. We command you, come off of this sister. 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 Come off of this brother. Come off of this sister in the name of Jesus. You have no authority. You have no right. You have no power over them. I break your power in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I command you to leave them in Jesus' name. To leave them in Jesus' name. To leave them in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that the peace that passes all understanding, guarding their heart and their mind in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. Be loose from this in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Receive it, my brother. In the name of Jesus. Yes. In the name of Yes. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Let it out. Let it out. Let it out. In the name of Jesus. Let it out. Let it out. Let go of it. Let go of it. Let go of it. In Jesus' name, right now, let go of it. Hallelujah. You're free. You're free. You're free. Hallelujah. Father loves you. The Father loves you with perfect love. The Father affirms and accepts you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Every lie, I come against every lie. I just brush it off of him in the name of Jesus. Every lie off of you. That's not who you are. Hallelujah. Embrace your original identity in Jesus. Hallelujah. You are a son of God made in his image and in his likeness. Hallelujah doesn't matter. It doesn't determine your future. Your past doesn't determine your present. Your past doesn't determine your future. Only the Word of God oh, declares you a son. Hallelujah. Not only a son, but a beloved son. Father says, run into my arms. Come home. Come back home. I've been waiting on you. I've been waiting on you. Oh, be free in the name of Thank you, Lord.
sisters to come and begin to minister to some of these people who are in front. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. word. Is there anybody in here who has a, a knot on their lower back? Maybe golf ball size knot on their lower left side of their body? There is. The Lord's calling it out for you to come and receive healing from that. If it is, come up and make it known. gives an exact directive like that is for you to act on it. God's will is only done when we act on the revealed word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There's freedom in this place because there's freedom in Him. There's liberty in the Holy Spirit. This morning, God wants to touch your life. God wants to move among His people show the reality of his presence hallelujah free people from the bondage the oppression of the enemy this morning oh how why because he's a good god oh he's a good god and he wants his glory on display his glory is his goodness he wants people to come into the revelation of the knowledge of his goodness hallelujah wants to make it known in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
I just counter that word right now in the name of Jesus with the word of God. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. Stripes of Jesus, you're healed. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's the territory of God. It's the address. It's the home of God. We command anything coming against this body. Be removed in the name of Jesus. We cast you out. In Jesus' name. We don't even acknowledge your name. This is the temple of God. Hallelujah. 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 You're healed in the name of Jesus. I said you're healed in the name of Jesus. You are healed in the name of Jesus. This body is healed in the name of Jesus. We release the life and the power of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father God. Oh, we thank you for it, Father God, right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we command the life of, we release the very life of God right now in the name of Jesus into this body. Oh, hallelujah. We declare perfect health. Oh, just like in Acts 3, Peter said, this man stands before you in perfect health by faith in the name of of Jesus. Oh, I say, <laughs> grab a hold of that. This man stands before all of you this morning in perfect health by faith in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Perfect health, brother. Perfect health. Perfect health. Not just rid of that, but perfect health. Perfect health. I command every number. I know that the enemy uses numbers to bring to bring fear. I curse those numbers. Numbers can't hurt you. Numbers change. They're temporal. But the word of God is eternal. 
and it's forever settled in heaven. And his word declares over you that you are healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. justifying you in his sight making you righteous you should run to the front <laughs> you should run to the front because God has already done through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus everything, he was the perfect sacrifice that gave his life and shed his blood for you to be made righteous to be justified in his sight hallelujah, if that's you don't leave this place without coming and receiving what God paid such a high price to provide for you. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite you to come up for that as well. We are going to dismiss. The band's going to continue to play. And if you have any need, anything that you have need of this morning, the 
altars are open. The ministers are here. Are you coming to the front, sir?